Good evening, boys and girls. It's the Late Late Show. Welcome to another live edition of the Highbury Squad. We've got a little bit of a mixtape for you this evening. But how about this gooner right here? And the Lionesses make the final. It's 1966 all over again. Here we go. <laughs> Mind the gap between the train and the platform. Please stand clear of the discussion doors. The next stop is Highbury Squad. Ah, good evening, boys and girls. Welcome to a live edition of the Highbury Squad. It is a hot, hot day here, so forgive me if I am sweaty, uh, but we are here, we are live. Uh, salute each and every one of you at ease. I hope everyone is having a great day, having a great week, and just all round epic. Good evening to everybody in chat. Thanks so much for joining me. I know it's a little bit late for those of you who are joining us on replay. Thanks so much for tuning in. And to our audio listeners on iTunes, Spotify, and ACAST, we salute you too. You can't see me right now, but I am indeed saluting you. Let's say a good evening to our chief like officer. You know what to do on the way in. Please hit that button. Um, we appreciate it very much. And we can't do this show without you, as you know. Good evening, Trev. Hello, Amira. Hello, Lynn. DWTT. Hola. Hey, man. Welcome, Kieran. Cool gamer. Um, CM. Uh, Tammy. Keep your eye on Trevor. Nah, Trevor's a good one. Uh, public, hello. Hello, 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 hello. Uh, Mayowa, hello to you too. Uh, we'll get to your question. I'm going to star it because we're going to talk about that a little bit as well. Hello, Tony. Uh, Mr. Bungle, what's cooking? What's cooking with you? Look, Temp gave me his entire Premier League table for next season. City, this that's not the show today. That is not the show today. That's going to be the show on Monday. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that at the end of this show because we've got some bumper guests for it as well. Mm, interesting table. Let's see who he's relegating. Leeds, Fulham and Bournemouth. Very, very interesting. Let me know. The sound is good. You can hear me um, loud and clear. The sound on Monday Madness's show, all my fault. I do apologize. I had a complete and utter brain fart. Didn't plug my mic in and then... The, uh, the volume on the computer was a little bit crazy. But alas, we are here. We are here. And by the way, I know I need a little bit of, a little bit of Iceland right now. Byron, hello. Aston Mack is in the house. Woohoo! The man of the summer. How are you? How are you? You spoke with the do and the cronkies. I'm excited. You should pop into the show. Um, sounds good to me. Uh, says Trev, and uh, loud and clear, says Tammy, and everybody as well. Aston did say on the show that he was previously, that when he did speak to Adu and the Cronkies, he was excited. Before we get to that, and I want to hear from each and every one of you, I do want to give a massive shout out to our Lionesses. Um, I know we have a lot of supporters from all around the world. Of course, with me being um, from England, born and bred in London and Super Kev 2, means a lot to us that these women have made the final. And my goodness, talk about history repeating itself, you guys. England versus Germany at Wembley for a major final. This is insane. Who'd have thunk it? Who'd have written it? Um, but uh, Leah Williamson and Beth Mead, 
uh, are doing us Gooners proud. Uh, and there have been a lot of Gooners who have played in this tournament. I felt sorry for Stina last night. Unfortunately, it wasn't meant to be for her Sweden, but every single uh, semi-final so far has just been brilliant uh, and really enjoyable to watch. And we're exceptionally proud of these two, especially. And I have a special little message for you as per usual. When he's not here, he's always here. So let me just hand over to Super Kev. This is a message about the Lionesses. First of all, I've got to say the Gooners, Lottie Wobbenmoy, Leah Williamson, Captain Fantastic, Nikita Paris, and Beth Mead, who's been sensational top scorer in the tournament so far. What an absolutely fantastic performance it was. Wow, beating Sweden, second in the world, uh, ranked in the world, very physical, really, really good side. But, you know, after a shaky start, found their rhythm and done us so, so proud. You know, all the team, all the team, all the squad, but especially the Arsenal girls, got to say, well done. Very, very well done. I know there's one more big game to go at Wembley. You're going to be back by the whole country. And, um, you know. Just do your best, do us proud. Keep believing. You've got to believe. You've got to believe you're going to win it no matter who you play. And if you perform like you did, especially in the 70 minutes that, are, that you know, you were on top, you shouldn't have any problems. Got to be clinical. Got to be tough at the back. Got to be a bit tighter at the back um, than the first 20. But listen, you've all done us proud. And I've got to say, Russo, Russo's goal. The first chance, I think you deliberately done that, Russo. I think you deliberately hit the keeper and then the cheeky back heel was, was ridiculous. Let's be honest. Every, anyone would have been proud of that one. You know, anyone would have been proud of that one. Well done. You came, coming off the bench, you have made an absolute massive difference. And, um, again, well done, Lionesses. 4-0 against Sweden in the semi-final. You know, at Sheffield was, was fantastic. Great support. The whole country's behind you. And make sure you look after yourselves. Win it! Believe. I believe. You make sure you win it. All the very best. Up the Lionesses. All the best. I love him. So Kev recorded it before he knew the final result that uh, we were going to face Germany, but we'll hear from him again uh, tomorrow. There's no doubt about that. Uh, and always grateful to him for supporting our women's team. Of course, we continue to honour Maria and I've got her picture with the FA Cup in the background, as you guys saw on Monday's show. And for me, you know, Maria would have been at that game uh, there's no doubt about it. I think every Gooner knows she would have been at that game out every single game. And, you know, she loves the Lionesses. She loves her Arsenal women. She would be exceptionally proud um, of this one, especially doing the business. Current top scorer with Pop from Germany. It's going to be an insane game on Sunday. We are not going to miss it. We're going to be there. We'll do a post-game show. It's going to be 
just uh, brilliant stuff and another major final in England at Wembley for the country to get behind in a time where it's not easy for many people right now. It's football and sports that bring us together and make us smile. There's no doubt about that. And there's no doubt that Maria will be shining and sending her smiles and celebrating upstairs right now after Beth Mead um, scored again and the Lionesses are in a final at Wembley. Brilliant stuff. All right, there'll be more on that to come. And by, hey, presto, a minute ago, a minute ago he was in chat and now he's here with me. I mean, it's just the magic. It's just pure magic. Aston, welcome. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta love uh, modern technology, right? <laughs> How you doing, Sophie? And by the uh, way, before I say anything, I really want to say a uh, big up to uh, Marie. Obviously, such a huge gunner, and she will be missed. She will be missed. Yeah, for sure. And um, the club will be honoring her for sure, and uh, doing some special stuff. Uh, she's uh, she's definitely someone who would be really proud of the women and uh, and so yeah it's going to be going to be amazing Aston so you were in chat and then I'm like hello mate fancy <laughs> coming on the show then seeing as you're uh, in in the chat because you did speak to Adu and um, and the Cronkies I, I also would just I also this this show in terms of where we're going was a little bit inspired by our good friend Harry Simeu if you don't follow Harry you can over at Chronicles of Laguna he wrote an article on 90 Min um, you can go and check out his work at 90min.com uh, five reasons why Arsenal fans should trust Mikel Arteta and Adu and before I get your take on it. Um, Aston. Um, number one is there's, because I know you spoke to them, so I'm going to let you know what Harry said, and you could go and read the article, squaddies. Number one, there's a clear plan. Uh, number two, the development of a playing style. Number three, the recruitment has been far better. Number four, results are on the up. And number five, the connection with fans is back. So before we go in and talk about Harry's article a little bit, which I said you can find on 90min.com, Aston, give us your take on your conversation. Well, I would add number six to that list, which is attention to detail, which is something that I really, really got from when I spoke with them, right? So not only was Edu very aware of the shortcomings, as you would expect with his hands-onness, but uh, Josh was actually very, very aware of the fans' perception of him, what they've done wrong, and what they need to kind of do to improve it. I actually was shocked with the amount he was willing to say, um, you know, especially considering, like, uh, I, I said that I respected the culture change, and he said, yeah, yeah, you didn't always respect me. <laughs> and I think what, that those who, little who, who said that Josh 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 said yeah. that and I and I respect the fact that they're saying that because you know I am a I was very staunchly uh cronky out I think that a lot of the actions and the ownership just haven't been par uh, up to par with the size of the club but I think that there is a recognition on their part that they stumbled into something they did like you, you hit a gold mine you hit the jackpot you were just looking for a club to buy and you ended up having a club the size of Arsenal on the table. You know what I mean? And I think they're starting to get that. Um, one of the big things that I, I think that we really, when I say attention to detail, 
Um, Josh said that 80% of his conversation with Edu, Arteta, and Murdersacker has been culture. We need to fix the culture. We need to change the culture around the club. And that goes down to, and I think you see that, not only do you see that between the management team, mm -hmm. you see that with the player recruitment, you even see that with the staff. Like even the staff seems to be like extra focused nowadays. And I think that that's, uh, that's something that we can be excited about because I think we have owners that look like they wanna take an active role and that we're starting to reap some of the benefits of the decisions that they've made. So, Aston, a lot of people will say, well, what are they going to say? They're always going to be positive. And you can understand that, bearing in mind that, you know, like you, you were Cronkies out. There was a a, a protest last year um, to get the owners out. Uh, we have a whole other show on that, by the way, which is a follow-up to our debate because <laughs> Kevin and I did a show where we tried to illustrate the path of the Cronkies and maybe it's not as bad as people think. Um, but at the time, people just didn't want to hear that narrative. So what do you say to the fans who are saying they're blowing sunshine? Of course, it's PR, it's spinning. Um, but I think after the America tour and the, you see this swell, I think I actually really believe the American fans did a lot to help bring the fans even closer together this summer from afar. And I believe the fans at the Emirates and our away fans especially helped bring us closer to the team again, become closer to the, to the team, which is why I think Harry's point number five in his article is right in that, you know, the fans are coming back together. What would you say, though, to the naysayers who say, come on, man, what, what are they going to say? Well, first thing I do want to big up the away fans from last year. Um, we remember that the only reason that us abroad have the energy that we do um, set the tone the way that we do is because of the values that you guys build in North London. Okay, so big up the away fans from last year. And what I would say to the naysayers is what more can they do? To the naysayers, look around the club. Look at the culture change. Whether you think Arteta is good enough on the field or not, that may be up for discussion, but you cannot argue that he brought with him a specific culture. You cannot argue with every single one of the transfers, almost to a man that Edu has put in since Arteta has taken over, has been has has been exactly. I mean, we've got a Willian in there, we've got a David Luiz in there, we've got an Aubameyang extension in there. But for the most part, all of these players that seem to come around um, since last year have been great. Um, further. I wasn't talking to Stan. I was actually talking to Vinay at first, right? Vinay, who, by the way, incredibly nice guy. One of the nicest uh, people I've met on the Arsenal staff. Like, just cannot say enough good things about him. It's just super duper. He, he remembered everything from two years ago. He basically told my story back to me. I was like, wow, you really are engaged. Um, while I was talking to him, Stan was talking to the staff on his own. And on his own, without knowing who I am or thinking that I'm listening, very candidly, he's talking about Champions League. He's talking about winning the Champions League. Whether that be a bit of PR for his staff that are all clearly Arsenal fans or not, I don't care. He's saying the right things. You can only pass, just like you can only play the team that's in front of you, you can only pass the tests that are in front of you, which are 
I can tell you that candidly walking around, talking with him, he seems like he wants to win everything with Arsenal. He actually said to me, like, because I brought up that a lot of his other franchises seem to be collecting trophies. And he goes, we're next. We're the franchise he's most interested in winning. Okay, so to all of our international fans, teams out here in the US are called franchises. Um, but we totally understand that some of you, you know, may not agree with that. But basically, they are for many different reasons. And um, he did win the Super Bowl with LA Rams. And he built one of the probably the best stadium in the world to back that up. He also won the Stanley Cup with Colorado Avalanche. Uh, they invested heavily in Denver Nuggets, but also have made some dubious decisions when it comes to the Nuggets. Colorado Rapids uh, are one of his other teams. Uh, and his lacrosse team even won the uh, national championship uh, this year as well. So when people talk about them not wanting to win, I, I don't buy that. I don't buy that. Now, have they not wanted to invest? No, they haven't. And I don't think they've wanted to invest since they've been the majority, until they were the majority owners in the club. Go on, yeah. jump in. I wanted to, I want to say on that very note, as much as I hate that PR line, you know, since they've been um, the owners, I will say that that's what they said to me. They said in the room, like, basically, Josh would just be talking because he's kind of like the guy that talks and, you know, G's up the room and gets the attention. But Stan kind of interrupts whenever it's like, you know, he wants to make a point, you know, and basically everybody kind of shuts up. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the points he hit multiple times was, listen, we're glad that we fully own the club now because before we had to look over our shoulder. That's what he said in quotes. We always had to look over our shoulder. I think that if I were to like translate that like the best I can, I think that that's really a, we didn't want to put our money in because we didn't own it fully. We didn't want to make an investment that we didn't have full control over. Now hold that against them because that was not a move that was in the best interest of Arsenal. Right. Like, right, exactly. them accountable. but if they're going to be honest and say that, and then since now that they've had full ownership, we've seen the expenditure that they've put in. Okay. Hands right. up. All right. And I don't buy this, Tom. I appreciate your comment and all comments are welcome here. As long as they're not um, misogynistic, um, toxic, toxic, racist. Um, we do not uh, allow any of that. And we have a really good community and everyone here is welcome um, in our football democracy to have their voice heard. And I hear you, Tom, but, and yes, when Jesus gets injured, the season, is it done? We don't know yet. Right. But we go into the season with optimism, but I don't believe for a second that they don't, the Cronkies don't know what the champions league is. I know you're probably being a little bit facetious and yes, we spent a lot of money and they've given a lot of investment, but it, it takes time. I've been very critical of Arteta. And at the beginning of the last season, I said, let's just see what he does with his own team. Well, this truly is his own team. Last season, I believe it was mostly his own team. This season, it definitely is his own team. And there are absolutely no excuses whatsoever um, for any any failure, Aston. And absolutely. the reason the reason why I wanted to, um, to do this show is for me as a fan, as as much as sometimes things work out and they don't at the beginning of every season i am excited you can you can you know you can 
watch other shows or whatever for people who may just want to keep throwing the darts at the club and whoever. And I've been critical of Arteta, but at the beginning of every season, I live in hope and hope isn't a plan all the time, but I'm excited. I'm excited about what can be. I'm excited about the unknown. I'm excited that we get a blank canvas and we get to paint our own pictures and we start from scratch. And last season, there was a major meltdown. It's, and I was one of those after three games where I was like, oh my gosh, this can't be. Are you serious? If you go back and you look at that team sheet then compared to now, it's very, very different, right? So I personally think Arsenal fans should be uh, excited. And I'm not telling you to back Arteta if you don't. I'm just saying as a fan of a club that you love, I want to know if you're not excited, why are you not? Because at the beginning of every season, to me, it's like Christmas Eve, you know? And that that that's the path I wanted to take with this conversation and, and kind of how this narrative is going to go, Aston. I, I, I wanted to jump in there because um, I haven't been excited. I haven't been excited in years. Actually, I'll say this, the darkest like point for me and with me and Arsenal was in the last few years where honestly Arsenal had just beaten me so badly where I was almost numb to football. I'm excited once again. I, this is the first time I'm really, I really started to see it last season. Um, and the reason is, is there's been such a toxicity at our club for the longest time our best players were always leaving the players that were incredibly talented at our club seemed to just be okay with not winning i mean i don't want to put anybody on the spot but the theo walcott's the mesodozels the people that were just happy to kind that seemed just comfortable being complacent you know what i mean and whether you want to talk about, oh, we've invested 450 million, well, not not since Arteta, but even if you want to argue the money we've spent since then, it took a lot for us to get all of that rot out of the club. And that's why I'm excited again. I'm excited because this is the first season I'm going in and it's just, you know what? I can find out with no excuses. How good is Arteta? How do you really have the chops for this job? Well, no, you have no excuses. There's nowhere for you to hide. There's right. nothing dangling over the club in preseason for me to go, oh, well, you know, this is going yeah. on. You know? I, I have I have one thing that's dangling, and that's some of these players. Right? <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> so um, who knows what's going to happen with Torreira and Pepe and Maitland-Niles. Um, Bellerin, it looks like from what Edu is saying that he might be a little closer to the exit door. Pablo Mari, um, Leno and Fulham, people still discuss. And for me, Reese Nelson is the one that I wouldn't mind staying. So I, I want to separate, like, as a fan being excited, right? But I feel like people are already looking towards the disaster that's going to ensue, right? or whether people are thinking the all or nothing documentary series is going to embarrass us, or if Jesus gets injured, or if Saka gets injured, if, if, if. You could sit and watch a Chelsea show and a Man United show right now, and they could say to you, well, what if, you know, or, or City, what if De Bruyne is injured? You know, of course, they're deeper than us, and they're built differently. So City and Liverpool are on, on another plane. But, you know, when it just comes to the excitement of a new season, I don't know. I don't know why fans pick on other fans 
if they feel that way. And I, by the way, am still on the fence with Mikel Arteta. He's really got to prove something this season. There are no excuses. And he cannot get off to a poor start. And I know people were talking about, did you see the clip, the exclusive clip that they revealed today? Yeah. Where, okay. What, what, what are your thoughts on that? Because, you know, I saw as well, some fans are like, I don't get it. What was he trying to say? The players look confused. Whereas other, you know, it's amazing, isn't it? It's become so polarizing. Um, other fans were, wow, what a story that he shared that. And he hit the nail on the head. What, what were you thinking? Listen, your 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 perception is your reality. If you don't like Arteta, you're going to think one thing. If you do like Arteta, you're going to think another. I think, honestly, it seems like when I listen to Arteta, I don't think that anyone can deny that whether you think that was personally uh, evocative for you, Arteta gets these players on board. Time after time after time, we didn't have players coming out defending Emre. Okay, we didn't have uh, we didn't have transfers say, "Oh, I wanted to go here because Emre talked me into it." I rate Emre. I think he's clearly a good coach, but you can see that there's something there. And I think from that, um, what I got from that clip is Arteta talks from the heart, and he's very good at convincing you that he is talking from a place of of vulnerability and candidness and and honesty, you know? And I think that that stuff resonates with the young guys. I think that's one of the reasons, one of the reasons why I'm happy with us building a project with younger players that will evolve is because it seems to be that's Arteta's stick, right? Like he's got a little bit of the Wenger in him. And honestly, um, I mean, it's no you know, be like a wolf or whatever Wenger said that one time. <laughs> It's like, you see this? Be a wolf. Like, what? whatever, you know? It's, maybe it's not the same level, <laughs> at but... Least, at least he didn't tell everyone to be see you next Tuesdays. Um, <laughs> right, you know? right, right. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, I, I do, I agree. I think it's, um, you know, for example, you can pick anyone, a celebrity or public person that you may like or not. They could say something and you know, it's not going to resonate with you if you're not inspired by them or if there's something about them that, that you don't like. But I'm at that point where it's like to pick on every single little thing. It's like, can we just relax? Now, someone else posted in, in the chat, I can't remember who it was, if we lose to Palace, it's going to be a total meltdown. And it will be for a lot of fans. But I think there's going to be some sensible fans who say okay well this is how last season started and we got out of it and we almost qualified for champions league and you could argue on paper we have a better squad than we did we have a better first 11 than we did last season i still think our squad is thin and when these guys you know are still hanging around and you lose 2-1 to brentford in a behind closed door game and a lot of those fringe players are the ones playing you can uh, the sensible fans who say, "Listen, I'm a little bit worried because if there are injuries here and there, what what's going to happen?" That's separate from just being excited for the new season started. On that front, Aston, can I, can I ask you something, Soph? Yeah, of course. Do you want at Brentford? Like I had, I obviously none of us have seen it. I I heard that it was against the run of play, like extremely against the run of play. If you saw that game and it turns out that like we were dominating, we were just weirdly unlucky. 
does that change your perception of it or does it see it still come off like the same old arsenal to you? Um, to me, because of the players involved and because I've seen the movie and worn the T-shirt, it's kind of uh, my analogy last season was once I've seen Saw 1 and 2, I've seen 4, 5, 6 and 7, mm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I would say if it was the starting 11, I would take a beat and think a little bit differently uh, and agree with what you're saying. But with this particular squad, that was play a team that was playing. No, I don't listen. I don't need to see Bellerin play again for Arsenal. Aston. I don't need to see, I was really harsh on chambers and interviewed him a couple months ago and told him I was harsh on him. And I felt like I was, and I said to him, look, I was harsh on you because I felt like you didn't really have an identity at Arsenal. It felt like you were the Jack of all trades and master of none. What did you he know, Um, you know, he let me, he was very gentlemanly. <laughs> He, he let me off, you know, and in a way I was, because we were talking about mental health and players and pressure and all of that stuff. And I was trying to explain to him that, you know, our role with our YouTube channels is that we talk about stuff and as fans, we're passionate and sometimes we get very emotional, but, you know, we always try to be as honest as we can be. And he gets that. He does get that part, but he also talks about um, how, you know, sometimes players will laugh things off. You know, we mentioned he talked about AFTV a little bit uh, and that sometimes, you know, back then it was like something that they would look at and laugh at. And of course, we mm -hmm. know that the history of that is that some people got upset about that. But I think that there's an evolution there as well, even in their content with some of the new people, you know, that they're working with. But he, he really let me get away with it, to be honest with you, and was very kind about the fact that I, I was honest about how critical I was, but I don't need to see, I don't think Maitland Niles is the hybrid player that we once thought he was. And, you know, to me, he's just looked shoddy. He's looked a little bit, you know, carrying a few pounds. I'm sorry. He's a sportsman. He's an athlete. Uh, a few people have said it in chat too. Kev thought I was a little bit harsh when I said that he looked like he was carrying some extra weight. I think he looks like he's carrying it in this picture. You know, Pablo Mari, I don't need to see that again. You know, how many times is Nicola Pepe going to be given a chance? And how many times do you want to convince Torreira that Arsenal's where he should play football? No, I'm you not know. interested. I'm more interested in this. You know, I'm interested in this. You know, I want more of this. I am excited about all of this. And this is the new Arsenal. And until we remove that mentality of the old Arsenal, the old culture, while we're trying to build a new DNA, a new profile, a new culture, we're never, ever going to evolve, Aston. You uh, you guys, sorry, those last images had me a little hypnotized. I've never, you got to warn me, you got to put a not safe for work tag on that or something, you know, because they were just delicious. And I, and I agree with you, trust me, I'm, I'm here with you. I think that really this was the last chance saloon across the, um, the U.S. tour for a lot of them. And I think that, um, Honestly, I like I, you can't come away unhappy because I think they show that there's not really anything there and we're going to move them on. Um, you know, Leno's already gone. You know, what's interesting. I saw the end of Pablo Mari's Arsenal career, like physically, right, at that Orlando City game. The, I kid you not, an MLS team targeted Pablo Mari. I watched it happen. They kept putting a ball right where he's right behind where he's supposed to be because they knew that he they'd uh, he'd never catch them. It was incredible. So yeah, you're, uh, I agree. Listen, I don't listen, want to Nicola, Pe Nicola Pepe got done. 
by a guy who used to be a CPA in Ohio. Right. And then and then and then what's so incredible is watching the contrast, right? Saka gets on the field, immediately beats his man. Like first thing he does. It's like, why didn't why didn't you do that for a whole game, Pepe? And so it's like, listen, I don't mean to drum up hate for the players. Honestly, I think a lot of them have been wonderful servants to the club. Um, and you know, I can't speak highly enough about Bellerin and his values. But when it's the time to move on for both parties, it's the time to move on. I think they know that. I think we know that. And I think that what makes me happy about this whole situation is, sure, are they around? But is that stopping us from moving in the market? Is yeah. that stopping us from doing anything? And do... Not, not, not only, I'll tell you right now, there's some, I, I don't know if it's somebody big, but there's somebody coming for sure. That is, I guarantee it from the conversations that we had, the way that they were talking, there's, there's more to come. And I love it. We're not letting this dead weight, this albatross around Arsenal's neck, uh, weigh us down anymore, you know? Yeah. No, I agree. 330 of you in live chat. Thanks for joining us. If it's late for you, hope you've got your milk and cookies, whatever nightcap um, is your tipple. For those of you who are in the United States, thanks so much for tuning in and all around the world from our listeners in Africa and Asia, South America and Australia, of course, we love each and every one of you. We want to take the Highbury squad on tour and maybe we'll do that in 2023. <laughs> Lots of exciting things brewing here in the new season is going to be absolutely epic. All right, so let's get to one of um, Harry's other points. Everyone in chat, let's jump in and talk about this. Um, he says results are on the up. I, I agree and disagree with this somewhat, Aston, because the way we finished the season, results are certainly not on the up. In January, we had a very poor month. Um, you could argue that our January transfer window really hurt us. Um, and I'm not sure I agree with that sentiment going into this new season. Results in preseason, for me, as good as they were, and as much as I love seeing the new players and the chemistry and everything superb with the fans, results weren't really on the up, were they, towards the end of last season? Yeah, I, I think that we all know that we came a little short. Um, one of the questions, because I don't get to um, do interviews with Edu, I just get to talk to him candidly, was I wanted to ask is like, was that gamble worth it in January? You know, we really had a chance to really tighten ship and, and, and make sure that we got what we needed to get over the line while it was all in our hands. And we chose not to do that for whatever reason. Um, maybe the players that we wanted, um, even with Champions League, weren't available. Maybe they really, uh, you know, there could be a million reasons, but my question will always be, was it worth it? You know? Yeah. Um, and I, I think that you can undoubtedly see that when we have our starting 11 fresh and fit, we look fantastic. Those results are up. Our starting, our best 11 is looking better and better and better every time we see them but that's not how a season of football works right yeah. you're not going to have your starting 11 all the time we're one party and we're still one party injury away from the whole project getting stopped again so uh, 
I, I agree with you. I think that that's why fans are excited with Arsenal passing the test that we see in front of us, but they are cautious because we know that we haven't done the business. And we saw that at the end of the year that when we don't do the business, well, you don't get Champions League. Right. Um, yeah, I I think uh, I, I, I think that's the one point where I, I definitely disagree with Harry. Let's move on to um, his other point. Uh, and, and the title of um, Harry's article is Five Reasons Fans Should Have I think it's faith or believe in what Mikel and uh, Mikel and Edu are doing. I'll tell you exactly five reasons why Arsenal fans should trust Mikel Arteta and Edu. And one of the um, number two on his list, Aston, is the development of a playing style. Now, this, even when we were winning at some points last season, a lot of Arsenal fans have a beef about uh, the beginning of last season, of course, folks felt like there, it, there wasn't a playing style. There were times in games that we lost I'd say to Kev, um, what's the plan B? And to go back to what you were saying about defeats and some people in chat is we need to get that into single digits. Kev has been saying that vehemently throughout this off season. You can't have 13 losses. We've got to get that down to at least like, you know, seven. We've got half the deficit, right, in order to make progress. So do you think in this preseason you were at the games, you were at all of the games, um, the addition of the new players, did you see anything different and did you see a distinctive playing style that maybe was compar- comparable to last season, but just a little bit different between because of the new players? Yeah, there's, there's some very specific things that I think that I noticed that were different that are um, emblematic of how Arteta wants to play. One, our goalkeeper's on the halfway line now. Whenever the camera is focused further up the field, but I've never seen anything like that. Our goalkeeper is all the way up the field, whether it be Turner or Ramsdale. So that's something that's uh, big. Um, the other one... Well, it worries Turner no bueno yet on that front, being halfway yeah, up the field. We, we, I'm not ready to throw the boat out on him because no, no, no. I think the rest of his performance, his distribution was way better than I thought it was way way better much faster feet than i thought i thought that was supposed to be his weakness but then his shot stopping that does make me a little nervous let's let's give him a a few games see if he beds in well but yeah i I, i'm with you where it's like going from leno to turner makes me a little nervous and i've backed him i've really supported him i think you can't kill him after 45 minutes his distribution for me was better with his arm than his feet his distribution with his arm is fantastic. And here in the U.S., he's known better for the U.S. men's national team as a really good shot stopper versus someone who's really good playing, you know, out the back with his feet. But he has to do that in order to the way the U.S. women uh, men's national team play. And I'm pretty confident that he will be the goalkeeper for the U.S. unless Zach Steffen is lights out during his mm-hmm. trial at Middlesbrough. You know, and how many minutes is Turner going to get? Is he going to be our League Cup goalkeeper? Is he going to be our goalkeeper in the early rounds of the Europa League? I think we're going to go for it in the Europa League. I think we may see him more in the in the domestic cups. But Can I ask you, are you happy with what's going on with Leno? A lot of fans would rather Leno stay and send Turner out on loan. And some people think that Leno deserves to start. He wants to start. You know, he still has a dream of, you know, he's got to make a World Cup uh, roster as well. Um, some people think that he's still a better goalkeeper than Ramsdale. There are a smidgen of fans out there that believe that. 
um, as so, a shot. As, as so, am I happy in what regard? Like the way he's being treated, or the way he's well, with the with the situation with us ending up with Turner and letting Leno leave. Also, extra caveat. You know, Schmeichel's leaving Leicester. There's talk of a bidding war going in for Leno. Would you be comfortable letting Leicester have Leno? No. I would rather he went abroad because I still believe that he's a good goalkeeper. And to be honest with you, as much as I stand by um as much as I stand by Turner, uh, because I think he deserves to be given a chance, it's a it's this is without doubt, when we're talking about the summer our biggest risk this situation in the goalkeeping area because you you better hope and pray that ramsdale stays fit towards the end of last season i think ramsdale got a little bit too cocky and started believing his own hype right but i also think um last season he saved us in many ways and he had grandiose moments um and of course, the save against Leicester was, you know, his immediate cult hero status, um, immortalized here by Jason Gunnables. Follow his art. He's brilliant. Um, so for me, I don't know what everyone in chat thinks. I think this is the highest risk we're taking thus far um, in the transfer window. Would you agree with that? Um, I think it's close between that and not signing another attacker. I'm very worried if Saka or Jesus or Martinelli, if one of them gets hurt where we're really at, you know, especially um, Jesus. I'm I think Eddie's fantastic. Do not get me wrong. I think that's he's do he's doing incredible. But if Jesus gets a long term injury, like say he's out for half the season, like do I want Enkedia? I, I need somebody to back Enkedia up, you know? I think that right there has got, got me really worried. But I also I also see what you're saying. I, I'm just hoping that he ends up being a better shot stopper than, um, than we've seen so far, you know? Mm -hmm. um, the, all the things that I've seen that are different, too. The second thing that I want to say that's different, and you saw this in the goal, uh, the second goal against Everton, there's a pass that exists now. We go two, three, five, right? There's a pass that exists right now between our center backs and Jesus that did not exist with Lacazette. There's a direct pass, and that is really, really exciting because as teams kind of figure us out positionally, giving us more options for more direct play to get the ball up the field, that that just the flexibility and shape and, and tactical ability is something that I think is much different than what we had before. We were super rigid before, if you know what I mean. Um, Kevin and I have always said that we're not sure uh, – if we can trust this guy for multiple games. He came in in a crunch situation last season and played a series of games where, you know, there, it was intense. He was coming in with nothing. We had nothing to lose. Lacazette wasn't scoring. Lacazette had lost his way. Aubameyang, of course, had left in January. So there was only one way for this to go for Eddie. And even if it didn't work out, it was going to be one of those situations, well, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave. But I think he and his agent played an absolute blinder. Those games gave him the impotence to go off and, and get his new deal, although Arteta was already talking to him about staying. He's always believed in Eddie. But to, this guy's on a totally different plane and a totally different level. Now, somehow together in preseason, they're shining together. You know, um, they're playing well off each other. And when one comes off, the other one scores too. 
But the intensity of the Premier League is going to be totally different and we're going to have to see how that works out. So Kevin and I were always like, we need more of a target man. We've never really replaced Olivier Giroud. <clears throat> and for us, we were always thinking that Abraham, uh, Tammy Abrams would be perfect to come in to our situation, especially as Arteta was playing so much down the left and having Tierney cross into the box. Now, we're not playing that way as much anymore. Um, but really, at a point, that was Arteta's plan A and plan B, but there was no target man in the, mid in the middle and only our defenders who could really head the ball um, at set pieces. So that worries me, yes. Now, my narrative is always going to be, I'm still excited. That doesn't change my excitement. But are there genuine concerns? I think every team has those. The difference with ours is that our squad is still a bit thin and we still need to get rid of some players who, when we've seen them come in, are dross. I don't think El Nenny can give you a lot over a long period of time. Again, he came in the end of last season, did really well in crunch situations, five or six games, boom. But Aston, are they the types of players that can go and play that consistently over 10, 15 games? I don't I think so. Yeah, I don't think I've. I don't think anybody has any illusions that we we know what El Nene is, and I love Mo. I love him to death. I, you know, I like to whip Ben I El Nene. You know, but um, are they players that are going to be anything more than squad players? Players to literally just patch up a bad wound that's happening at the club at any given time. But what um, if the bad bad wound is as long as Tierney's bad wound, or or Tommy Asu's, or Partey's? Well, that's why. Well, that's why we need more reinforcements, right? I think that's why we're all being cautious. I, I, listen, so you do not need to apologize for for having these fears because I think that if you didn't, it would show that you don't care about the club. You know, mm -hmm. like these are the things that you notice. Like you know, you notice your closest friend's flaws, your your child's flaws, your family's flaws. You notice your club's flaws, and I, I and I think that we would all be. As excited as we get for El Nene, we know that he's not the parte replacement that we need. We know that if we rely on Jaka and El Nene in midfield again, we'll we'll I, I might actually shoot myself. Um, it is it is not. Let's just say it's not the most interesting football and dynamic football that we play. But that's why I'm really excited because it really does seem like they have no intentions of stopping. Maybe I'll eat my words. Come the end of the come the end of transfer window. If we do not have another midfielder, I will eat pie and I will have <laughs> banners back up. You know, but until them, let them get there. So far, from what I've seen, can you really argue with this transfer window so far? Uh, I I can't, but if we don't sign, look, I love this guy. I wanted him from the beginning. He was on my shopping list. Uh, I think he brings uh, again a versatility. He can play on the left. He can play in midfield. Um, you know, he had uh, his old teammate uh, in his pocket. Um, you know, we we saw we saw him just kind of come into the side and just play like he had been there forever and ever and ever. Um, so for me, he's really exciting. I think people are underestimating the signing of uh, Fabio Vieira uh, because they mm -hmm. don't know too much about him. Uh, you can go and read an interview with Emil Smith-Rowe about what he thinks about Fabio Vieira and playing with him in international competitions for England under-23s. He's the captain of the Portuguese team too. 
and he is a very slick young man. He's going to need to put on a bit of muscle, um, a bit too slight and soft, maybe like, you know, Gabby was when he first came into the team and needed to kind of build that up. And it took Martinelli a while to get Arteta's trust and be ingrained into the squad, right? But Vieira is super talented. You don't go paying 30 plus million for a player who who might be average. You know, this isn't the same regime that went and spent 72 million on Pepe. Um, yeah, but we did go and spend $30 million on another player, which is probably mostly the reason I'm excited this summer, which is William Saliba. 30 million three years ago, whatever it is, he's looking like worth every penny right now. He, what a player. What a player. So let's talk about him a little bit. Um, reasons to be excited. We always do that at the beginning of the season and we'll get into more specifics, but. This guy played like a Rolls-Royce. Josh from our tactical squad last season was saying about Thomas Partey, what's the point in having a Lamborghini in the garage when it hasn't got wheels and you can't drive it? Um, I think Saliba has played like a, a, mature, um, a mature player at the back. And not only that, um, he, he also showed that he's got composure. Uh, he showed that he fits in right away. Didn't seem to have, again... The question is, what's he going to be like when he plays on Sunday against City or Liverpool? Well, we're going to find that out. And we're going to find that out pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, you're right. What did you see up front and personal um, with him that got you particularly excited when he's not on, on the TV um, in a play? Well, the thing that got me the most excited is do you guys, he has a bit of the murder sacker in him, right? He's he's fast, not in the in the in the way that murder sacker was slow, but because murder sacker was a little slower, how he had to read the game. William Saliba has that in a LeBron body, like William Saliba at all points. I never, not once, saw him out of place like in the wrong position or when the T would mess up and clearly lose the ball in a bad area, his recovery ability. I, I don't think I saw him got beat in with, with the three games that I saw one, not one time he's winning headers. Uh, the biggest thing that excites me too is um, there's this ball that Arsenal has been really, really bad at defending. It's that low crop that they fizz right in front of the goalkeeper. You know, the one holding never gets there. Uh, Mari, no chance. Um, we, we get lucky with Gabby, Gabrielle and, and um, White, but Saliba's there every time. Every time. I've not seen him get beat. And that that makes me excited. He doesn't – he's never – and he also, by the way, the, the thing that I notice is he plays like he talks. He's always cool. He's always got that kind of like, oh, I'm under control. He's never panicked. He's never rushed. Even when there's two players on him trying to press him, he just turns, passes the ball, and just keeps going. It's it's we've needed a a, a player like this at the back for a while. I liked I like um, Gabrielle because he's such a beast. He'll come in and he'll out muscle people. But what you get in William Saliba is much more cultured it's much more calm there's much more of an and it gives um our our um back line freedom to move yeah. more too. well he actually reminds me and guys i've watched him play in Liga as well but he reminds me a little bit of uh, rio ferdinand very, yeah. e very elegant uh unflustered on the ball good in the air great bringing the ball out the back good with his feet 
Um, and I agree with you, name blocked. You're going to wait until he plays in the Premier League. I totally understand that. Uh, Jilted John, hello to you too. We love you lots as well. And your mate Glenn uh, retires on Friday. We're going to give him a shout out. He's been an Arsenal fan for 50 years, Aston. So um, well done, Glenn. Um, a shout out to you. And uh, thanks so much for watching. And we appreciate um, every single one of you. Yeah, for me, it's a, it, he reminds me of Rio Ferdinand. And I'm more interested in kind of how he played against Chelsea uh, rather than how he played against, no disrespect um, to some of the, the MLS teams. But well, we're going to find out. Everton too. Well, to Everton, well MLS team. That's not Sorry. saying much, but hey, I cover MLS, so I'm just Everton totally went out of my mind. I was like, I mean, they lost four 0 to Minnesota for crying out loud. Yeah, they're, right. they're in trouble, aren't they? So they're they're in real trouble. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I'll turn my mic up. Aston, turn yours down just a smidgen. And Aston will be on the show a lot more. A lot of you've been asking this season. We're going to get him on a lot. And next time he promises to to wear his headphones. Um, right. Oh, getting echo. I, I apologize. If no, I no, there's that. no, there's no echo. There's no echo. It's just got a little, no bass to it. It's all about the bass, about the bass, about the bass. About that bass. Uh, great. Yeah. Thanks. I'm going to, I'm going to, Troy, remind everyone that I'm the one that said that. Reminds me of Rio Ferdinand. Right. We are going to get out of here in just a few minutes. We're going to do a quick, quick fire. Um, Mayoa, here we go. Spurs have been finishing above Arsenal for the past seven years. So what's different now? Jesus and Zinchenko? Well, look, Harry Kane and Son are world-class, right? No, none of us can argue with that. But they improved their game when their two new signings came in in January. Um, one on the left, one in midfield, and improved them and helped drive them towards uh, finishing in that Champions League spot. So, yes, there's got to be a difference when you sign players like Zinchenko and Jesus. But they've also enhanced their team too, and they have a world-class uh, goalkeeper. Uh, a goalkeeper. They have a world-class manager in Antonio Conte. Um, so, yeah. Let me get this one to you, Aston, from Lynn. Aston, do you think that going to the US was a good move because it showed the Cronkies how big the club is? Until then, I don't think they realized how big we were. They've done two tours previously. I've been to both. I missed this one. This one was definitely the biggest and the best. Aston. Yeah, I think that what they, because they were physically at the games, I think that it did wonders. I think Baltimore was ridiculous. Um, hearing the entire stadium full was ridiculous. And then that game against Chelsea was one of the loudest games. I, I don't know how it is at the Emirates, but I, I I listened to the highlights and I heard how loud we were and it was unbelievable. And it, yeah, I think that that stuff really helps, but I also think that what really helps is the media that we put out. I think that um, they seem to be very, very aware of how fans feel. And I have to put that back on the content creators like Yusuf, like, you know, AFTV, Ars Blog, everybody that's really put it out there in the um, air, what it is that we feel about them and why. Right. Good point. Um, and also, I think they saw that in America, we, we got a bigger fandom than Chelsea. I know there were a lot of Chelsea fans there too, but I think we outweighed them. We shut them up. Okay. <laughs> in many yeah. ways. Uh, Sophie, how many more players do you think we need to bring in and what position? So a, few, a while ago, I said, I actually think this is going to be the squad. 
I'm not sure if we're going to bring anyone else in. I hope that there's at least a Tielemans that comes in. And if it involves a swap deal with Schmeichel, then that wouldn't be too bad business. Ideally, I'd like two more players. Um, and I think that even though Ben White can play in that right back position, something tells me that maybe we need a bit more cover uh, back there. And a lot of a lot of fans, of course, want to see um, more of a, an attacking an attacking winger, um, Aston as well. Um, so you can see there's at least maybe three positions that, given the the opportunity, we would we would sign. But I don't see more than one more player coming in. I just don't. Um, I, I want to say that uh, I think we probably need like four. Actually, people people forget about right back. People forget about striker. People forget about um, another midfielder. Actually, we probably need two. But I will say with all the authority that they they've granted me, I do believe the Telemans thing is done. I do very strongly believe that they are just seeing if there's another midfielder that might pop up with higher quality. So I know that there's at least one and probably two coming through. Um, a lot of word about Gakpo. Gakpo's a name that I've heard said a is few times. The, is he the secret winger? Is the question? Everybody, everybody <laughs> Would you is. Uh... He was. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's a really good player. Absolutely, 100%. I would be very, very happy. Again, though, Cedric, I'm not, again, you can't, I don't, I think Cedric did well last season, but we saw how he ran out of gas, K-Man, towards the end of, of the season. So, but he's a good squad player. I'd have him in the squad. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't get rid of him. We're playing in an extra competition this year, gang. And um, that is going to take a lot out of this team. They've not done that. They've, we've done that before. Right with Arteta, we got to the semi-final of Europa League, and I would say that I hope he's learned from those experiences uh, because I think that's going to be a competition that we're going to have to win in order to qualify for the Champions League. Who knows? Some people, some fans think we might finish in third. Some think fourth. I think people are writing off Chelsea way, way, way uh, too soon. All right, we just got a couple more for you here. Um, there's 400 of you in live chat. Please do uh, kiss that like button if you haven't kissed it already. Um, caress it, you know, nut it, do all the things that Super Kev says. And if you don't, I'm going to tell him. And when he's on the show next, he's going to absolutely do this to each and every one of you. All right. So it's time to bring out Vinny. Here we go. <laughs> all right. Uh, where are we? Um, Mikhail. Hi, so first time commenting, but long time listener from Adelaide, South Australia. Wow, wonderful. I have a lot of family in Adelaide. My fiance was never interested in the game, but she absolutely loves listening to you and her interest has grown in the game. I love this. Thank <laughs> you. This is why we do this. I love getting notes like this. It makes and warms the cockles of my heart. I absolutely adore this. And uh, big up and love to um, Adelaide. Uh, I have so much family there. I think you might be Greek, and if you are, Nasastengalage Yabanda. I've heard a stopparapoli. One more. I'll leave this one. I'll leave this one to you, Aston. How many goals do we think Eddie will score? Okay. You know what? Eddie, if you're listening to me, remember I'm the strange guy that told you, you know, I'm proud of you. You need 15 <laughs> goals this season, at least. 15 goals in all competitions, more than 10 in the Premier League. I'm setting the, I'm setting you up because I believe in you, and I've been a big naysayer, so please prove me, prove me and prove all of us wrong. We will champion you the hail and hero if you do. 
Absolutely wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. I hope so. I hope so. And I hope this guy definitely does, you know, some magic stuff yeah. where he walks walks towards legendary status. He's going to have to play for a few years before he gets there. I love seeing Saliba just give him a hug. <laughs> it's just so wonderful. And then you guys are going to rock these bad asses away from home. Come on. This is what I'm talking about. Just be a little bit excited. <laughs> just a no, little bit excited. Those pink kits, though. Those pink kits. Yeah, they're fire too. Uh, um so listen i love how impromptu you popped in of course magic has to say hi first time commenting but long time listener from london county virginia my son was never into football but once he met aston he decided he no longer wanted to be my son <laughs> i mean it's true maybe if mike would stop saying bet if he stops saying bet maybe your son will come back to you oh. you know you'd be right mike <laughs> <laughs> absolutely brilliant stuff um okay everyone in chat you've been absolutely rocking it some of you most of you are excited and a few of you have some concerns which are totally valid um but as we gear towards kickoff next week we're going to have a massive week here at Highbury Squad Central we're going to find out how excited some of our favorite uh, YouTubers are. On Monday, we are going to have the prediction show and I invite you all to join us. We want to know all of your predictions. We're going to get a little like table going. Um, we're going to share with you our predictions from last year as well. But on the show, going to be myself, Super Kev, Mr. Lee Gianni Judges, uh, Dan Potts, uh, Harry Simeu and Tom Canton. Um, so that is going to be Monday's show. It's the prediction show and you're not going to want to miss it. Um, oh. And Aston. I was going to say, oh, my God. Uh, Lee just got back. He was partying here in Orlando with me, and that guy can go, okay? <laughs> that guy can go. Respect you, Lee. Respect. Oh, brilliant stuff. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a great mix. And I tell you, it's going to be very different. I think some... I'm going to say two people on that panel might get a little bit too excited about where the Arsenal finish in the table. I'll let you I'll let you figure out who those two might be. And of course, after our show, you have to go on because the Gooners um, v Cancer Podathon starts. The maniac that is Magic Mike is doing it all over again. Um, Super Kev and I will leave that show and then hop on to Mike's show um, where that launches on Monday. Look out on Twitter for more information on that, and we'll share more of that with you beforehand as well. Um, it just continues to be just a brilliant part of our community. And the maniacs that are the Gooners pod are going to stay up for how many hours? Is it 24 hours? Yeah, it's, it's supposed hours. to be 24. And big up Mike and Gooners v. Cancer, and big up all the fans that gave uh, gave to the charity over this last few weeks. We broke all sorts of records in Baltimore. I know he collected a huge amount in Orlando as well. This is absolutely the best fan base in the world. And Mike, you're a big reason why. <laughs> and I love this. Jake, who is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> it's like i tell you who he is jake jake i am your father <laughs> no <laughs> why did they let us why did they let, let me on this show oh my god I'm so ah, i absolutely love it aston let everyone know where they can find you uh if you uh have the bird app, the Twitter. I am at 
Gunnar Aston at Gunnar Aston. Um, oh, you're not Aston Mac. That is well, my well. political Twitter, and that might be too spicy for people. Okay, all right. So say it one more time. At Gunnar Aston. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, right. Listen. There's uh, 400 of you in live chat. Please do hit the like button on the way out. <laughs> um, and you're welcome, Michael. Uh, we uh, we love our listeners from all around the world. We'll be back live for a little bit of something tomorrow night as well. And, of course, our kickoff season starts next week. Aston, thank you so much for jumping in and hanging out with me. And Arsenal fans, you know, it's okay to be happy and a little bit excited about what might come. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Be measured, of course, if you wish. But it's a little bit like Christmas. And you know what? We have the best fans in the world, whether we're home or away. <laughs> because there are little Islingsons everywhere. Well said. We love you guys. Have a great night and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Take care. Mind the gap between the train and the platform. Please stand clear of the discussion doors. The next stop is Highbury Squad.